Amen. Well, I want to ask you a question. How much time I got? 15 minutes. <clears throat> That's probably enough. Last year, we began, I challenged you to begin thinking with the new mind. Remember that? That this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Living out of the new covenant, not the old covenant. Realizing what you have in Christ and what, who you are and who He is. And so I want to ask you the question. What kind of progress have you made in that? Or are you still the same old person you were 30 years ago? Do you still have the same old mindset that you had when you lived in the old covenant? You say, I never have been in the old covenant. Yeah, you have. Let me just tell you, you have. All of us have. We've all been in the old covenant in our mind. We've lived under condemnation. We've lived under trying to please the preacher or please the whatever. We've, always, we've all lived under that mindset that I, I'm not good enough to be accepted by God. So I'm asking you the question from a year ago, how are you doing now? And I want you to take inventory. I want you to look at your life. Am I still that same old... Or am I thinking different these days? Have I, have, I, have I really received the new covenant in my life? Have I really received who I really am? Am I walking out those processes? And, and it is a process. It's a journey. It's not a, as the old saying is, it's not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. But I want you to look at your life because, and this, this kind of leads to the second question. Why did you even come tonight? I mean, why do we even do this? If we do it just because we've always done it, it's the right thing to do. Is that, is that really what Christ died for? Why did we even come? You can't grow a church like this, I don't believe. Yeah, you can. It might be one of those like, like um, I forget who it was, but I remember Brother Wayne saying this because we used it as our slogan in youth for many, many years. Pastor came to the church, and when he got there, it was 150 members. He said, Lord, when I got here, it was 150, and I left it 75 strong. <laughs> he cut it in half, but he said, I left it 75 strong. That's what I want to do. I don't want to cut it in half, but I want to leave it strong. I ain't going nowhere right yet. I'm not saying that. y'all. I have to help y'all. Y'all read too much stuff into like, oh, he's leaving. Did y'all hear that? No, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> but 
but, but are you growing? I could answer that. And I know the answer. And I know you are. But I want you to challenge yourself. Am I growing? Am I thinking different than I used to think? Or the brother in, in Kathy's incidents, and I ain't picking on Kathy, but did did I did did some preacher wash all your did, did some preacher bury your traditions? Or you still got some? That's what Kathy told me she wanted to do. That's right, wasn't it? She said, Brother, I, I want to get baptized because I want you to bury those traditions. Yeah, and as we all go, there, there's some more come up. We need to bury them again. You know, we, we keep burying them, don't we? But we started there, yeah. But are, are, are you changing? Or are you still? I just come to church. I mean, in the, let me, I want to. We were, we were working this week, and I think everybody who came Tuesday night, we had a pile of people here working and moving stuff and packing stuff up and moving, moving junk from this closet to that closet. And, and in the process, we, we throw some away. And then we, we'll move it again in a few months, and we'll throw some more away, and we just keep moving junk from junk. To, <laughs> a bunch of pack rats around here. And, uh, but... but um, Today I walked in and, and we and, and Vicky and Kathy were working in the for the showers and stuff and trying to get all that organized and in crates and, and all of that and and um and we were we were just talking about some stuff and Kathy said, you know, you gotta be a doer of the word. I said, Whoa, hush, you can't I'm preaching on that tonight. Stop. Don't go no further with that. And um just cutting up. But but the Bible says, the Bible says in in in, um, in James chapter 1, but be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Be a doer of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And so my question to us is, and, and, and I'm, I'm getting to a point, so just hang on, and I'll try to get there and finish up. If I don't, I'll finish it next week. But um, I, I want us thinking, see, well, let me, let me read this definition to you about being a doer of the Word, because I think it's so important. Ultimately, being a doer of the Word is not a command to relapse back into the overwhelming, exhausting, and impossible law of Moses. That's not what it is. Okay, now that's good right there. Because I've been in that overwhelming, exhausting, and impossible law of Moses. You will never measure up. Living under the old covenant, you will never measure up. If you go to a church that is in, you're not in one here, I promise you, you're not in one here. But if you go to a church that, that says they operate in the new covenant, and, they, and, they, and it's exhausting and impossible to measure up, they're still operating in the old covenant. Okay? Because the old covenant, you never measured up. You couldn't measure up. Don't really care how many sheep you killed, how many lambs had to die. It never was enough. Poor lambs went through hell. <laughs> Trying to 
Sacrifice, sacrifice, paying for sin. But then there came one lamb that was enough. Amen? Yeah. And he paid the ultimate. And he gave the ultimate. And he said, it's finished. And we still ain't got that down yet. And that's why I'm challenging you in, in, in this year. That you start thinking and you start challenging your mind to think in the new covenant. To think like I'm supposed to be thinking. That I am a child. I am worthy. I am valued. Ultimately, being a doer of the word is not a command to relapse back into the overwhelming, exhausting, impossible law of Moses. Look at the second part of this. It is an invitation to live a lifestyle that reflects the transforming and freeing message of Christ. Hallelujah goes there. Yes. The it is a lifestyle to ref that reflects. Why did you come tonight? Why do you show up here on Sundays? Well, it's just what we do because we're good people. Well, you're missing it. And I'm missing it. I came because I want to reflect and I want to get involved in a lifestyle that reflects the transformation the transforming and a freeing message of Christ. When he says be a doer of the word, he's not saying take this book and go, okay, I got to do this, got to do that. No, what he's saying there is that this book should be a lifestyle that you read, that you study, but out of that comes a whole different life. A whole different thinking. So that Baptist or that Pentecostal or that whatever mindset that we operate in, we need to get rid of it. Because some of it lines up to this, but some of it don't line up to this. And I'm going to tell you, there's flaws in all of them that's man-made. I don't care what you are. Okay? There's flaws in all of them. Why? Because man put them in practice, not God. But I'm going to tell you, there ain't no flaw in this. There ain't no flaw in this. And if we'll stick to this, I promise you, it'll be all right. So, so again, I ask the question, and, and I want to get to Romans real quick. Romans chapter 12, Lisa and I, I sent you that, but I'm not sure of the verse. I didn't have my Bible down there. I had laid it up here so it would be open. Let me look at it right quick. Because I just want to leave you. We've been talking about, Lisa, it's verse 9. We've been talking about authentic, being authentic. Talking about being real. Okay? And we're talking about this year, the Lord is the word authentic. In our love, and I've been teaching on love. The first, I give the first, I give the first um, sermon um, two weeks ago on, on love. Being authentic in your love. Okay? And it's so important that, we, that our, our love is authentic. Okay? Now look what verse 9 says in chapter 12 of Romans. <laughs> Let love be without, without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. Now what's a hypocrite? We all know. So he's saying, in your love, don't be a hypocrite. 
Well, you know, hypocrite, hypocrite. We've heard it 500 years. Hypocrite, hypocrite, no big deal. You know, everybody's a hypocrite. Every, no? No? No, there is a genuine love. There is a genuine, a genuine person of love that you can be. If it wasn't, he wouldn't have told us that we could do it. He, didn't, he wouldn't have said, let love be without, if there was not a way that we couldn't do it. And as we move forward, as we move forward in this next year and in, in where God's carrying our church and what God's doing here with, with, with all of you Heinz 57s. Only Ed laughed. But as we come together and God, I'm telling you, God's, that's just what He's doing around here. Our love must be without hypocrisy. And we've got to cling to what is good. We've got to cling to it. And we've got to take God's word. And, 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 and yes, we use it as instruction. But listen, it's not just an instruction manual. It is, it is a manual to tell you how, how that this is, this is the way it was done. Get in that and do it. You get that? It's a lifestyle. It ain't just something we listen to on Sunday morning. It ain't something that we just come to. Uh, I, well, I just... I mean, it's Wednesday night. You go to church on Wednesday night. No. No, I, I want it to be a transformation of the life of Christ. I, I, wanna, I, want it to, I want it to transform my mind. I want it to transform. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable. But I want you to... Present your body, and, and he says you got to change your mind. Change the way you think. And don't be conformed to that old lifestyle. Don't, don't, don't change that. So that, was the, that, that lends to the question, have you changed? Are you trying to change the way you think? Well, it's just what we do as Christians. This is what we do as church members. Are, you, are, are we fulfilling what God's called us to do? See, then those verses come alive that says that you'll do greater works than I did. Okay. How do I do that? Well, you can't do it. You can't do it with, 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 with just being a church member. You can't do it with just being a church member. And just like I said, there's some things you may, not, uh, you may not understand, and that's okay. There's some things I don't understand. But I want to know that I may know that I know. I want when somebody walks in here like Susan A. Vant, that I can pray and I can believe. I want to be able to have an atmosphere in here, and I want to have a belief system in here that when, when Doug Boatner sits in that blue chair over there, I can believe until the day the Father takes him. That God's going to heal him. So what do you do, Brother Rodney, when God doesn't heal him? I wrestle with it. I argue with it. But in the end, I know God's got the best interest at heart. And I have to accept that. And I have to move on. Doesn't that, doesn't that just diffuse you? No, it just makes me want to go stronger and, and believe more. 
So I want to change my mind. Because there's so much in this book. There's so much in here that I don't know. And I don't want to be held to some man's belief system. I want to read it for myself. That's what I told the Lord many years ago. God, I don't want Wayne Scarborough's faith. God, I don't want Jack Taylor's faith. I don't want Bill Johnson's. I can call all kinds of names. I don't want all theirs. I want Rodney Mitchell's faith. And God, whatever you want to teach me in this book, I'm ready to learn it. And I want to learn it. And if it doesn't line up to my Baptist faith, I'm sorry. It lines up to the book of the Word of God. If it doesn't line up to my Pentecostal faith, sorry. It lines up with the Word of God. Okay? So I want you to ask yourself that question. I want you to do inventory. Lord, am I changing? Am I changing? Or am I still that old stubborn, hard-headed Baptist, Pentecostal, fundamentalist, whatever, whatever name. We got so many names. God, are you changing? Am I changing? You're not changing. Am I changing? Because God, I want to change. I want to change. I want to change to be better. I want to change to be all that I need to be. If you said I can do greater, that we'll do greater things, then Father, I want to do that. Not for me. Not for fame and fortune. If you're doing it so everybody can see, I'll tell you this story and then we'll go home. I love to listen to, um, to, um, Dad burned his night and lame just left me. Um, all I can think is John Avent, but it's not John Avent. Um, was the Methodist preacher. He was a Methodist preacher and, uh-uh. God wrecked his who? Nope, not East Stanley Jones. Oh, he's the president of, um, he was president of Southeastern when Katie, right before Katie went. Mark, Mark Rutland. Mark Rutland. Good old Methodist preacher. You know, just repeating the creed every Sunday, doing that whole deal. And he got to looking at the creed. <laughs> he got to reading the creed that they, that they, that they quoted every Sunday. That they live by. And he went, we ain't doing that. We don't do that. Why are we quoting this? And God just wrecked him. And he's a, I mean, he's a great preacher. But he said this, and this, and this is what I mean. I just want to be, because God wants to do some stuff. And he said he was going to preach a revival at a church. And he said that day he had hurt his foot. And he said, I could not stand on my foot. And he said, I went to the church early that day. And I laid on the front pew begging God. To, he said, how am I going to preach? And he had, you know, he, he believed in the healing. He had moved from the Methodist they done throwed him out. And he believed God could do whatever God wanted to do. He didn't limit God. And he said, God, and he was teaching on that. And he said, God, how can I teach on healing 
tonight, the message you've given me, and I can't even stand up. Said the secretary of that church, he was on the front pew, said the secretary of that church had a son that was Down syndrome. His name was Tommy. He said Tommy came to work every day with his mama. And Tommy was in his early 30s, if I'm not mistaken. Don't hold me on the age. But he wore pistols. Plastic, you know, like Roy Rogers' pistol, like I used to have some of them, but they wasn't Roy But he just had plastic pistols. And Tommy would run through the sanctuary around the church while his mama was working. And Dr. Mark Rutland was laying there. And the, and the Lord spoke to him and said, why don't you get Tommy to pray for your foot? He said, yeah, right. You want me to get Tommy? I'm Dr. Mark Rutland. I mean, really? You, and you want a Down syndrome boy to pray for my foot? He said, this is what he said. It's your foot. It's your foot. Do what you want to do with it. He said, a minute, here come Tommy again, running through and riding his stick horse. And he said, Tommy, come here a minute. He said, will you pray for Brother Mark's foot? He said, Jesus, heal Brother Mark's foot. He said, he pulled out his pistols and went bang, bang, and stuck them and took off. <laughs> True story. He said, when Tommy took off, he said, I looked up to heaven. He said, Really? That was really funny, God. And then it hit him. My foot ain't hurting. My foot ain't hurting anymore. And he said he stood that night and he preached. And he said, I didn't have any pain in my foot. He said, now, what a lot of people do was we'll take it and go, now we need to get Tommy a van. And right on the side of the van, Tommy's healing service and, you know, run him around the country. That's what we do. He said, no. That may be the only time God uses Tommy. And the point I'm trying to make to us is that, you know, I want to be, I want to be that, that, that can hear. And if God says, let Tommy pray for your foot, I want to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And I can't do that with old thinking. Because old thinking told me God doesn't heal today. He quit that when the last apostle died. He don't do that anymore. So, I'm, I'm not sure how in the world we got on that. How we got, I, 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 what, what amazes me is how I believed that for 40 years. That God can't do whatever he wants to do today. But I did. It's okay. But I don't want to be that way today. I want to believe God when Susan Avant come here the first time because she called and she said, is there anybody at your church, Gail, that will pray for me? And on a Wednesday night in the new prayer room, she walked in, her and her husband. And God done a work and God's doing a work. And it's so amazing. So amazing. Stand together. So your homework tonight and the next days ahead is just to ask God, God, am I changing? Am I moving from tradition? 
Am I moving from maybe I maybe listen? You, none of us have arrived. Okay, so don't think just because you've moved here that okay I got it now. No, you got you need to get on over here. So we all have room to move. Amen. We all have room to move. But I just want to challenge you to move. Keep moving toward the Father. Keep studying the Word and becoming the Word. Don't just be a doer. Don't, don't just take it and say, well, that, you know, do that. No, 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 begin. It, let, it, let it become a lifestyle that you just, you just do it. You just walk up as you go, the Bible says. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Father, that you want to change us. <coughs> you want to change us to be like you. You want us to love authentically. You want us to do it without hypocrisy. And Lord, a hypocrite is nothing but a fake. Lord, sometimes we've heard that word so much that we just, it's just another word. You know, one of them biblical words. But God, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a fake. I want my love to be genuine. Because your love was genuine. And when a Susan Avant comes into this room and says, is there a place I can be prayed for? Yes, we believe. We're not just going to put your name on a sheet. We believe God can heal you. And there'll be enough faith in here that when you leave, your faith will be strengthened. Because we don't come to church just to come to church. We believe what the book says. And we'll believe with you and we'll love you and we'll care for you. And when a Mike Stuckey picks up the phone and says, I got to get ready to die. Yeah, yeah. You know all about me, Red. I do. And God does too. And He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you. And He'll give you a new life. And He can take that taste of alcohol out of your mouth. Yes. Yes. God, I want to be, I want to, I want to I be that person. I want to pastor a church like that, that believes that God can do whatever. He can take a Down syndrome young man, and He can use him to heal a preacher's foot. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing around here. Let us love without hypocrisy. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Chicago.